With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abemfe alongside Michael Lombardi here on this Sunday morning. Yes. 131 days until NFL kickoff. Michael, oh, I, I did not know that. that. I just oh, saw that's that great to know. I, I love that. The countdown's the... on, buddy. The draft is over. I love that. That's awesome. Awesome. That's great news to hear. I mean, one to, to the opening of the season. To the opening of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think the season starts in July. I like preseason. Mm-hmm. I like the preseason games. I like the, uh, you know, the buildup. I like practices. You know, we get the injury report. Everybody goes to practices, tell us what they saw at practice, even though they don't know what they saw. So it's great. You know, I love that. <laughs> So-and-so's running with the ones. Yeah, they're running with the ones. Oh, my God, this guy's having a great practice. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll never see them run with the ones in the regular yeah. season. Uh, but we got a lot of fun until then here. A lot of fun on this show for the next two hours. Make sure to tweet at us at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at M Lombardi NFL is where you can find Michael. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me as I throw my pen because that's how excited I am. Three great guests on the program. Jonathan Von Tobel joining us in 45 minutes. VEASAN's NBA senior he's got NBA a lot. analyst. He's got a lot, he's got a lot to speak up about. I mean, he de- he deterred me off the Miami Heat. Ooh. You know, he's going to have to. Like I said, if the Heat were the three and the Sixers were six, the Heat would have beaten them. You can grill them on that. I don't think you can. The thing I think we miss, we get all caught up in these numbers, is the heart of, of a team. There mm-hmm. is something about the culture, the heart, the, the determination of a team. Look, I know when they lost to Chicago, I was – bailing on them too but yeah you got to give the heat i mean this garden and they'll react to the crowd i mean they lose hero they lose uh, uh oladipo oladipo i mean you got to give them i mean so you got to throw that like we said our all earlier throw the nba regular season numbers out because i think they are meaningless and we're seeing that in the playoffs yeah it's a totally different sport once you get to the actual postseason we'll talk to jvt about that also he's the host of the hardwood handicappers podcast make sure you check that out as well 815 our buddy bucky brooks nfl network draft analyst will join us to recap all things nfl draft bucky brooks we had him on a few weeks ago he was one of the lone people out there who did not have will levis in his first round mock draft Ended up proving to be right there. We're not going to have a victory lap because we don't want to dance yeah. on Will Levis. But it's interesting to get Bucky's perspective because he's not just going with the masses. No, and our Sean King was the same way. I mean, yeah. Sean was really adamant about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a knock on Will Levis. I mean, Will Levis the, hits his tape. You can't, you know, we can't have, not everybody's great. Yeah, I know we. I know we just went through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Everybody was great. Everyone got better. Everybody just got great. But no, not everybody's great. So it's all about fit and what you've done on tape and how you fit within the new scheme that you're going to go to. And you know, and there's a lot of behind the scenes conversations that are going on. So Bucky will be here. And then of course we got the great Thomas Gable oh, coming do. up at 11:30. Lot to talk about, Mister Embiid. Yeah, doubtful. And now it's not. Oh yeah, I'm told he's not playing. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm told. But you know, he could. You know, you know, he's got that little bit of that little, you know, I'm going to try to go and try to suck it up and go out there. We'll see. But I was told that could happen, and then I was told he's out. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, look, it, 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 it's always okay. 
durability for him doesn't matter. It's just, you know, give him the MVP. And this yeah. is a great opportunity, though. I well, mean, this is a great opportunity. Well, well, did you see that the NBA communications Twitter, they t tweeted out that they're going to announce MVP Tuesday night. Perfect. So big well, day he'll be in Philly. Boston so we can celebrate it. Maybe he'll go to the back bay, have a big party. You know, I mean, they probably won't play Wednesday night. It's a big, it's a big day. So he won't play. Let's see. Monday he won't play. Tuesday he'll get his MVP trophy. Wednesday he'll he won't play. He'll go back to Philly down 0-2. We'll and, see how that works and out. Then he'll get his trophy in Philly. I'm not, look, I'm a Sixer fan, but I mean, mm -hmm. how do you how do you stay positive when every playoff he gets hurt? I've heard Sixers fans, and and I know you don't feel this way, but I've heard many Sixers fans say that we actually never believed in this team the whole season. We just wanted Embiid to get MVP. They just, they just wanted to have that kind of be like a I mean, if you know me well enough to know that I could care less, I, I want to win. I want teams to win. I don't care about who's the most – like, to me, that's that trophy will have – in 20 years from now when he's sitting somewhere, that trophy will be meaningless because he didn't win a title. Titles are what matter. Mm -hmm. Titles are what you talk about to your grandkids. Titles are what you, you want to have. I mean, that's the measure. I mean, yes, Dan Marino. I mean, ask Dan Marino how good he feels about his yeah. career. He went to one Super Bowl, you know, had the winningest coach in NFL history and missed the playoffs four years in a row. I mean, ask him how he feels. He had a wonderful career. He's tremendous. Warren Moon, an incredible career. Then mm -hmm. win any titles. You know, you, that's what you play the sport to do. You play to win. You play to win titles. You don't play to sit there and, oh, I'm the best player on the team. It's like when you interviewing a player. What's your greatest achievement? Well, I, I was all-conference my senior year. Well, didn't you win the state title? Yeah, but I was all conference. Like that to me, that tells you everything you want to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's. I think having individual goals is fine, but it should not trump the no, team that's success all we hear because about that's what you want. And Embiid wants to be the MVP. Yeah. How about winning? You know, I mean, this oh. is a city that you in know, his when, eyes he won this year. When when you see, you're not old enough to remember this. I am, but there was a time in Philly where they had this really good team, and there were some during the early '80s. They were really good. Late '70s, early '80s, they were really good. And they had this campaign, we owe you one, because it, that, that was when they felt like they blew a championship. They couldn't win. They had all these talented players. They couldn't beat Boston or couldn't beat the Lakers. And then they had the we owe you one, and it kind of backfired a little bit on them. And eventually they got Moses and won the one that they only won. So to me, at least those, those teams always – Dr. J never talked about, I'm the MVP of the league. He talked about winning a title. I think all great – have you ever heard Jordan talk about his MVP trophies? No. He talks about his titles, though. Talk about his titles? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. he talks about his titles. Yeah, watch that Last Dance documentary. So we'll see if they can hang a banner up in Philly for the 76ers. I know one team in Philly that they want to hang the banner for this past weekend after the NFL draft yeah. is the Philadelphia Eagles. They make the trade yesterday afternoon for running back DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions. Now, this starts to make a little bit more sense why the Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Still yeah. probably a little rich for my blood, but it makes at least more sense knowing, knowing that they were kind of falling out of favor with Swift, who now goes to the city of brotherly love. I think to me, you know, I'm an outside observer looking in. I think Swift's really a good player. Mm -hmm. But they must know something about Swift that they don't like. You know, they, A, they weren't going to resign him. They sold him at a really reduced fare. I mean, so Philly gets him for a fourth, right? For a fourth. We yeah. know Philly's fourth is going to be a fifth. Mm -hmm. So nobody else was offering anything of comparable value. I'm not saying this makes this a bad trade for Philly. I think it's a great trade. But I think at the end of the day, they really – there was something about this player that bothered him, whether it was the durability, whether it was the reliability. I don't know. You know, but he is a game – I mean, to me, when he's on the field, you're, you're like, okay, how are we handling him? And with Philadelphia, I think, you know, to me, that they've got some – they have a situation now where they have some really talented backs, but they also have some backs that could be, you know, that, that may not play. Gainwell – ran the ball really well against the 49ers. I mean, mm -hmm. that power that he brought to them in that championship game, I think, really made a difference. In the playoffs overall. In the playoffs. Like. And Penny can be a really good player, but can he stay healthy? And Swift can be a really good player. Can he stay healthy? But look, this Eagle team is is locked and loaded, and, and it's going to take a lot for the NFC, because of the lack of quarterbacking, to beat them. Like, I think their win total at 11.5 is way too low. I think it's. I mean, I just don't see how they lose. Could they? Are they going to beat Dallas in both games? I don't think so. Now, I think a team that's really improved, and the, especially in their secondary, is Washington, which they needed to do. 
But Washington, you're betting on Sam Howell. Can he play quarterback effectively? I think the Redskins, excuse me, or the Reds. I think Washington's football <laughs> team yep. had, had a, I can't even call them the Commanders. I hope they change that name too. <laughs> Washington. Yeah, just call them Washington. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I think they have a chance to really improve. They have mm-hmm. a good team. They got the offensive line a little bit better, which they needed to do. They have a chance, but, you know, I'm not sure that because of the lack of quarterbacking, can they do it? People in New York think the Giants have closed the gap. I think the gap's widened. I really mm. do. The Giants couldn't get close to them. I mean, think, go back and watch the game in the Meadowlands and watch the game in Philly in the playoff game. That, that, I mean, don't the Davis-Webb game, don't watch. I mean, you it's know, yeah. I mean, the Giants played probably, they got behind and they made a comeback, but they never got close to them. So I, I think that gap is wider. I, I think Washington has a better chance to compete against Philadelphia mm. Than, than the Giants do. They did beat them last year, they remember. Did. Yeah, they gave them their first loss of the season, that game on Monday Night Football in Philadelphia. We're going to talk about the NFC East and what they did as a whole from a draft perspective coming up a little bit later, but I do want to point this out, Michael. The Eagles, a couple days ago at BetMGM, were around 9-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Yesterday, after they made the, the, the draft picks of Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, they get to plus 850. Now, as we sit here Sunday morning, they're plus 750 yeah. to win the Super Bowl, only behind the Kansas City Chiefs who beat them in this past Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and, and everybody knows the loser Super Bowl, the syndrome that typically follows. The hangover. The hangover. And I don't see it. Again, look, a lot of this, when the schedules come out in a couple weeks here in May, don't look at, the, look at how many quarterbacks you have to play. That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. And all the good quarterbacks are over in the AFC. And so mm-hmm. Philly gets, you know, they got Sam Howe twice. They get Daniel Jones twice. You know, they get Dak Prescott twice. I think Dak's a good player. But, I mean, where else are they getting a lot of elite players? And so I think those odds, I'm surprised they're not just dead even with, with the Chiefs. Now, I will point this out. The NFC East has to face the AFC East. So they do get a little bit rougher of a draw from the AFC opponents because last year they got to face the AFC South, and we yeah. know the AFC South was very weak. That was one of the reasons what led us on to Philadelphia at this time last year, saying, hey, they're not playing any good quarterbacks. It will be a step up in competition having to face Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. You have to face New England, my guy Tua in Miami. Like It's going to be a little bit tougher there for those NFC East teams. Yeah, and I mean, there. they still have to beat San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco's, yeah. but we always worry about San Francisco's health. Can they stay healthy? And is Brock Purdy going to be the guy, uh, or is it going to be Sam Darnold? I don't think it'll be Trey Lance. I do love, I think one of the things that, that they, I love the Jake Moody kicker pick. I think that, I know it sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> I think this guy has a chance to be rookie of the year. I really do because he's going to get a lot of opportunities to score points and yeah. he's going to kick the ball through the uprights. Well, it's a great pick. I believe we have some Kyle Shanahan sound on that Jake Moody pick. They're defending them, picking a kicker in the third round. But coming up on the other side, we're going to get into our draft breakdowns for the teams in the NFC. We're going south and north next here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Riders up. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for just $9.99 and get access to everything we do, including our upcoming Kentucky Derby betting guide. We have profiles on the horses, jockeys, and trainers, so you know which horse are the favorites, the sleepers, and the long shots. Plus, best bets from Dave Tooley and other VEASAN experts to help you make the most out of your Kentucky Derby bets. And I'm going to need that help. This offer won't last long, so subscribe today for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Femi Abebefe, hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino. Uh, right now, the, the favorite to win the Kentucky Derby next week is Forte. I was looking at the Circa app, plus 250. But but I know how do they, you know, the, the you know listening to this book that I just read or, or listened to uh, about the greatest gambling tour he ever stole, this, the, 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 where you get a line. The pole position, yeah. The pole position, especially if there's 20 horses going to mm-hmm. run in this race. So you, there's going to be an extended, you know, a polls out there that it's hard. I think it's hard to bet that until you actually know what we, we'll know Monday what the pole position is, right? Don't they pull I, that? I believe it's Monday or Tuesday, yeah. Week, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be fun. I mean, I, I, I think to me it's a little early, but obviously they set the odds and this is yeah. what they do. Yeah, Forte sounds like it's, uh, it's been the bell of the ball. So we'll see what happens next week. We're, we're going to have to get our buddy Mike Samich on. Yeah, to talk some to talk some horses. He's always very good. Oh, he's great at it. I mean, he's so. really good. At it. We get we should we should get Parcells. He knows it. He's got there a bunch go. of these horses in this thing. I don't know if he has any in this race, mm. but he's got a bunch of horses. So, you know, I'm sure he'll know who's who's going to run it. Yeah, I, I would. That, I feel like that'd be a fun hobby to have. Is to, to get it's involved an expensive with, one to it, have. Very expensive, but but it is fun, especially if you are from the if you love player personnel. So the horses are kind of like player personnel. You got to evaluate them. <laughs> The track, the, the temperament, the lineage, you know. I mean, winning colors, the, she was a filly, but she had this kind of distinctive temperament. She had this really like an overachiever mentality to her, a little bit like it, and that's why it made her so great when she ran. No, I think it's going to be a really exciting time in sports betting, and it's coming up next week with the Kentucky Derby, the most exciting two minutes in all of sports. All right, let's get back to the NFL draft and start our NFC breakdown here. We're going to go division by division based on how these teams drafted and their odds to win their respective divisions. And we'll start with the NFC South. I think the, the South divisions in both conferences, I think, are really interesting because it's not necessarily wide open on the AFC side, but there's some long odds. In the NFC side, I do believe that it is actually wide open. The favorite is the New Orleans Saints, plus 120. Then you have the Carolina Panthers at 3-1, to one, Falcons plus 325, Bucks. Five to one. What have you made of how these teams made well, out of this weekend? I mean, look, the one position that can move a needle for any team is the quarterback. And it's going to be interesting how long Carolina goes the Andy Dalton route or they just decide to just put Bryce from day one. But we know this about Carolina. They have a really good defensive team. You know, they've improved. They, they've got a, a lot of talent offensively in their offensive line. That got a lot better this year. And with Miles Sanders, who they paid a lot of money. I mean, think about this. Philly's got, like, I think three running backs on their team now with less money than what Miles Sanders got. So, you know, and and maybe this will work out. But Sanders gives them another chance to have a good player behind them. And they draft this Mingo kid out of Mississippi, who I think in the second round, he's going to play for them right away to go along with Thielen and if D.J. Chark comes back from his ankle surgery. I like this team. I do. I like them. I think they'll run the ball effectively. I think they'll be smart on how they play. Uh, and their defense is good enough. So, uh, I, And their special teams last year was, was greatly improved. So for me, 
I, I like them. I, I think to me, when I, when I look at Atlanta, and I said this on the pod, and I've said this to you before, I just don't get their team-building methodology. You know, I mean, here they are, and they finally drafted Bergeron, the kid from Syracuse, in the mm-hmm. second round. But, again, how are they playing? You know, what are they going to do with Bijan? And when your defensive line has four guys over 30 years old, Bud Dupree, can he play good enough? Grady Jarrett, you know, uh, Calais Campbell. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing here? How are we stopping anybody? I believe they signed David Onyemata as Onyemata well. Onyemata too, but mm-hmm. that was a big signing, but he's over 30 years old too. Yeah. You know, so they got Onyemata. I mean, so like to me, the, the game's about offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, it, you know, I just don't know how Atlanta's going to stop anybody. So I don't really, I mean, I love Arthur Smith's play call and I love his play designs. I think that gives him a chance. The Bucks. I think to me the Bucks are really interesting because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Is it Kyle Trask? Is it going to be Baker Mayfield? If it's Baker Mayfield, the way he played for the Panthers, cool. the Panthers would be in the playoffs. If Baker Mayfield had played anywhere near he did his second season for Cleveland, the Panthers would have won the – Matt Rule's probably still the coach in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Sam Darnold was hurt in the preseason, but if he had started all 17 games, the Panthers probably win. I think they division. would have. I mean, he played, I mean, look, Sam Darnold, you know, he cut down on his mistakes. He was more effective, you know, and they ran the ball. They managed him correctly. They didn't ask him to win the game. They asked him mm-hmm. to manage the game. And then we come to the Saints. I mean, look, the Saints are always an interesting team because the, the Saints kind of do things different. The, the Saints do things the way you should do in terms of team building. They focus on the offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, you know, they spend their first two picks on defensive linemen which is smart to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I mean, look, it's going to come down to can Carr manage the game? Can he play critically? With Carr, it always is when the play breaks down, what happens? You know, what does he do when the play breaks down? And, uh, you know, they get the Kendra Miller kid from TCU to back up Camaro to go along with Jamal Williams from Detroit. I mean, there's three good running backs there. Their offensive line is really good. Mm-hmm. And we know they've got good receivers. So, you know, this is a good team. I mean, you know, they've kind of put together and they've got these young defensive linemen that have got a hit for them. Yeah, I think if I had to place a bet right now, it would be on Carolina at 3-1 to one just because I'm I think that's the better on, number, on Bryce, right? Bryce Young, yeah, yeah, I think that's the better number. I don't understand the Falcons number at plus 325 because they don't have a – I mean, we don't know. You know, we don't know about the quarterback. They I mean, like him. But I don't know how they can because I watched the tape of him at the end of the year. It was hard. Now, maybe he's going to take that mother may I, and hopefully he can. But compared him to Sam, Sam Howell had a good one game for Washington. He still threw a pick. I mean, it wasn't a great game. It was a good, but it was the last game of the year. So I don't know how you could get that excited about him, but they obviously are. Yeah, I will say this. I, I thought Atlanta improved their secondary. I mean, signing Jesse Bates, expensive, but he's a better player than what they had. They, they took a flyer on Jeff Okuda former first-round pick. Maybe they can get something out of him. A.J. Terrell's really good. So I think their secondary is probably going to be the strength of that defense. But if you can't get to the quarterback, it's I mean, going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, if they could count the three Mississippi, their secondary is going to be great. If you got to count the yeah. five Mississippi, they, they, the guy's going to get open now. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Atlanta Falcons down there in that NFC South. Let's get over to the NFC North, where the favorite is the Detroit Lions plus 130. Vikings, who won the division last year at 3-1. to one. Chicago Bears plus 325. Green Bay Packers plus 450. I repeat, the Green Bay Packers are plus 450. What did you make of how these NFC North teams did in this weekend's draft? Well, I, I don't think, look, you can, I'm not a big fan of taking a, you know, when you have a team that gave up 350 yards rushing to the Carolina Panthers last year, I'm not a big fan of not going offensive or defensive alignment. And clearly Detroit has a good offensive line. I would have, if I were Detroit, I'd have picked Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I think that would have moved the needle on my team. I would have definitely picked Jalen Carter. I would not have moved down. I would have picked Jalen Carter, or I would have picked Wilson. I would have picked some front seven player. But, you know, they, they've got to uh, – they think that, you know, was Kaminsky good enough? I mean, Hutchinson played well. Campbell gives him a middle linebacker. Uh, I thought Campbell will be a good player. But Campbell's not a rusher. Campbell's not a very good fifth rusher. He's a good – he's not a fourth rusher. He's not a good fifth rusher. He's kind of more of a coverage – he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a better version of James Laronitis. Remember him yeah, back in the Ohio day from State. Ohio State? Yeah. Rangy, at, not, a, not, a, not an explosive but good player. This guy's the Big Ten player of the year defensively. That says something for you there. So – and can they cover well enough? I think, to me, I don't know if they move the needle defensively. I love the Mint Martin kid they drafted from Western Kentucky in the third round. Big physical. He can push the pocket. So, 
And then I don't know, you know, your Bears team at plus 325. Like, I, I mean, call me crazy, but I don't understand it. Like, how They're are coming. they How are they better than the Packers? I mean, just let's talk about this for a yeah, second. We'll Honestly, let's take the quarterback out of it. Mm-hmm. The, the Packers are better defensively than the Bears. Yeah. I mean, the Bears are still not very good defensively. And the Bears offensively, they drafted, they drafted the right kid. Okay, he'll play right tackle. I mean, who's playing left tackle? You know, Braxton Jones? I mean, are they any good in the offensive line? They gave up 91 sacks the last two years. All right, so they got Claypool, who they overpaid for. Clearly they yeah, did, was... right? You know, and they've got DJ Moore. Okay, that's good. I mean, like, tell me why this team really – why are they plus 325? Like, what is – this is, to me, an overinflated number based on the quarterback. Yeah. Based on a quarterback who's won four games the last two years. Well, based people... on a quarterback who's fumbled 28 times, who's been sacked 91 times. I mean, like, how is this – like, we're just not looking at the data. We're projecting him to make this giant yeah. jump, and I think it's a fake number. I mean, they – I mean – they're not that close to Minnesota. They're just not. It's a projection going forward on Justin Fields, expecting him to take that mother may I step forward. Because if he does, this team is going to be very competitive in that division. But now we have to wait for that to happen. We can't just assume that it's going to happen. But this number is kind of making that assumption. I think Green Bay at plus 450 is interesting. I think they're Maybe, a good play yeah. for plus 450. I mean, I'm not in love with LaFleur as the head coach. Yeah. Can he manage the game? But they're better on defense than the Vikings, the Bears, and frankly, the Lions in terms of their personnel. Now, we are making a little bit of an assumption on Jordan Love as well, though, to be fair. Uh, we're making an assumption on Justin Fields, too. We're making an assumption that, that Kirk Cousins is going to play as good. And we're making an assumption that Jared Goff isn't going back to the Jared Goff we know at the Rams. There's, we're making a lot of assumptions. You know what they say about assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the West and the East coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The next 30 days are something I like to call better's paradise. And for a limited time, you can subscribe to VEASAN for only $9.99. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets, NBA and NHL playoffs, and VEASAN's upcoming Kentucky Derby betting guide. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guest tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Also, a top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Oh my God. <laughs> Hold me. I mean, uh, oh my God. You just got some breaking news. <laughs> this is truly, truly for our network. Do we have the siren ready or anything? I mean, for our network and for anybody who has a memory, this is staggering. This is just absolutely. I mean, I don't know why they just didn't get t- Tim Donahue to go in there and officiate it. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, Peter, Peter Vesey put that tweet out there. Scott Foster will be calling the game today in Sacramento. I feel bad for King fans. I mean, they went through game six in 2002, if people remember that game. It is probably one of the most talked about games in all sports history in terms of the calls and the reality of the court. And Donahue has testified that he felt the game was rigged, that it was fixed. And Scott Foster was the referee of that game. Now, whether I, I believe Donahue or not, who's obviously was fixing games himself, mm. I, I can't say I do. But when you watch the calls to match the, what's happening on the court, it, I mean, people are astonished. It made no sense at all. I mean, this is truly, truly staggering that the league would be tone deaf to this. Like, we would have no memory of this. And I'm not, I, I am a conspiracy theory in one case. Got Lee the Harvey Oswald hat on? <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. I am a conspiracy theorist there. But I'm not typically in other things, right? Like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that Art Rooney was out to get the Raiders, whether it was the Immaculate Reception or the Tuck game that I sat behind him in. I, I, I tend not to think that way. But to me, when you know this, Femi, this is your tone deaf here. You're completely tone deaf. How do you send Foster to this game? You're just saying to everybody, we want the Warriors to be. And if there's any calls that look suspect, it's it, 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 it puts a black eye. Are we in worldwide wrestling or what? Are we WWE? I think I think the league likes it. I think they lean into this stuff because they know it How? adds to the conversation. It adds but, to the but theater. But it's, it's a negative conversation. It, it implies everything that we 
at, at VSIN and DraftKings that we don't want. That we don't want. We want it to be like the stuff. We want it to be everything is above board because we live in a world where it's above board. You know, we don't want it to be tilted in one way or the other. Now, we understand officiating is very, very to the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. We it's know, difficult, to be fair. It is no, difficult. it is. And we understand in football there's some calls that are made. I mean, look, the Rams get to the Super Bowl because the, the, the crew doesn't make the call on the back end. I mean, we get that. I mean, mm-hmm. that it happens. It was a horrible call. It was a horrible missed call, should I say. Yeah. But, we, but I, I, don't, I don't think there's any intent to sway the game. But we know what happened in game six in Sacramento where the Lakers come away, and they, they kind of sheepishly walked. They know they got away with one. They took a lot of free throws. <laughs> they took a lot of free throws in that game six, which forced a game seven. They ultimately won that one in Sacramento. Here's what I'll say about this Scott Foster thing. And, and, and typically with officiating, I tend to believe that it's just general incompetence versus some sort of nefarious thing going on, that there's nothing that's trying to put the thumb on the scale. But when you put somebody out there like Scott Foster and the reputation that he has, like you said, it is a little bit tone deaf because everybody's going to point to, oh my goodness, Scott Foster's calling the game. Wow, Golden State's going to advance. Whether that's right or wrong, that's what people are going to say. And as a league, you would think you wouldn't want that conversation to be had. I mean, if I was an owner of the Kings, I would be furious. I would be absolutely furious. I would be going crazy. I mean, how do you do this? And I'm not, and maybe the Kings will win. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. It will be very interesting to see if this betting line starts to move towards the Warriors. Right now, when I walked into the circuit 545 this morning, it was one and a half. Yep, Sacramento's was, favored. But Sacramento was favored by one and a half. And if it moves slightly because of Foster, I, I, I just think to me, Again, I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm just saying I think the league is tone deaf because we remember the 0-2. Some, you know, maybe Elliot and the, some of the young guys in the crew here don't remember the 0-2 game. Oh, I remember watching but you can series. go back and YouTube and watch it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about his generation. I love what he told me. It's his generation. His generation, yeah, they can go watch it on YouTube, right? I mean, like, they can watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we all watched it in disbelief. This is, to me, I, 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 we said yesterday, there's no way the league would be this dumb. Here we get Scott Foster. Uh, somebody tweeted at me saying that Sabonis is going to have two fouls before the first TV. Probably, timeout. yeah, probably so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, you know, almost, it's almost like he's been sent there to up. do a job. He's, he's, he's got a job to do. We need the Warriors, the rate. I mean, we, one thing, you know, it's hilarious about the NBA, which you, you sense this is going on. I look. I love the NBA. I love. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot I don't like about the NBA. The 82 games they don't play. I like the old school NBA. I like the Jordan NBA. I like the Bird NBA. I like the Dr. J. This NBA with the load management I don't like, but I like watching it. But what's interesting about this NBA is you never see the ratings. Mm. NFL games every week they come out Day and after. After oh, ratings are down one-eighth of a percent or the ratings are up two percent. Like, like it's almost like there's somebody trying to drive the fact that the ratings are coming down or, you know, the national anthems caused the ratings to go down, all this stuff. When, when we know it moves the needle more than any other sport, we hear nothing about the NBA ratings. We hear nothing about the NBA leaders, probably because the partner to the NBA is responsible. You know, they're not going to campaign that they're getting bad ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, who stayed up last night to watch most of these games? Like the whole East Coast, one of the reasons why Pac-12 football struggles in terms of is because they start the games at 10:30 on the East, and, and nobody, in, you know, nobody wants to watch, you know, Utah play USC at 10:30 at night yeah. on the East Coast. Yeah, it, it's wild that, that. And it's a good game. Yeah. And it's a good game. And, you know, and, and if it were if it were done differently, but, the, you know, I mean, Will Hill will have to get on it because he handles most of the scheduling all over the country, even though he has a new baby. But the the fact is. To me, you're just being tone deaf here, Femi. It, it really is. It, it, to me, it, it almost feels like it's like a wink, wink. Like, we see you guys talking about this. Well, check this out. Scott Foster is now going to be the official. I, I would urge team. anybody to listen to Tim Livingston, who's a tremendous journalist. He, he did a whole series. It's called Whistleblower. And it's a nine-part doc series on the Tim Donahue whole thing, scandal. That, the scandal. And he goes into great detail about the Sacramento. And I'm going to, on the break, I'm going to text him and hopefully maybe we can get him on in the next hour uh, because it's tremendous. And, uh, and it gives you all the breakdown. Now, you know, he doesn't have, I don't have any evidence of it. It's suspicion. And, and to me, why go down this road? 
it'll be interesting today. Do you think the networks are going to discuss Scott Foster's presence on the court? Oh, not a chance. Not a chance. How can't they? Because they're partners with the league, and the league would never want them to do that. But why would the league put them there? Why would the league do that? Why would the league stump? Why not put them at the Heat Knicks game? Maybe Adam Silver has a sense of humor. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I mean, so let's say if you were a betting man, would you feel that confident My, in, in betting Golden State based on this one angle? Alone? I would feel a lot more confident. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I really do. I mean, I, I, I think Golden State, you look, you have confidence that they can win the game anyway. But, I mean, to me, I think, I think it's really about the in-game betting. I think this is probably more of an in-game bet. Let's see what he does. Let's mm. see where he's going. Let's yeah. see what he's got, what his agenda is. <laughs> is he calling it tight? You know, is he there to ensure? You know, he hasn't, you said yesterday that he hasn't officiated in almost 27, 28 days, right? No, it was uh, since the 28th, I believe, was when he had, he, no, sorry, the 25th is when he had. So it had been about five days. So he was always eligible to officiate this game. It had been a little bit of time. So here he is. Where's game? Bennett Salvatore? I mean, where's he? Why couldn't they bring him back for Dick, it? Dick Bavetta or Dick Bavetta? We get it. Bennett Salvatore, every time he did a game, I'm like, the Sixers are losing, you know? I used to love Larry Brown ripping them all the time. Like, I knew that was going to be a bad game for Philly. Like, here we got Bennett Salvatore. They have, like, Steve Javi on the broadcast. And, Steve Javi uh, lives in Margate. He lives in the know? next town over from me when I get back to Ocean City. Mark I mean, all of them. Joey Crawford. Yeah, Joey Crawford. Joey Crawford was a character. Now, now he was. But, he I mean, like, he lives in Margate, too. I mean, I, I would love to. I think I have Javi's number. I got to ask him. About, is he still doing the ABC stuff? I think he might be. Yeah, I think he, I know Monty McCutcheon does one of them. He, either, Monty either does ESPN or, or TNT. I'm not sure which one, but they got Monty McCutcheon out there with all the, the rules. We got we to have the rules analyst now, you know, as a part of the broadcast. I know that's your favorite part of the broadcast, seeing those guys I, I mean, I, I don't know the rules in the NBA to the level that I do in the NFL, but I enjoy it if it's right, you know. I like when they come over and look at the camera. You know, and they tell us what happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how Embiid didn't get thrown out of his game, and yet... His... Flagrant one on Joel Embiid. <laughs> it's, I mean, you're just making yourself look like WWE. If the Warriors win this game, it, you're going to say, well, we know what, why. Because they wanted the San Francisco audience for the networks. I, I, and I don't believe that. I think people will watch. If it's a good game, I think people well, will watch. Whoever wins is going to face the Lakers. People are going to watch the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters. But if you get LeBron and Steph Curry, oh boy. I mean, that, that, that's, that, those are the two guys who would define this era. Be a hell of a series. Go, back, go back and YouTube the 0-2, six games, Sacramento versus the Lakers, if you don't know what I'm talking about. We're go gonna, back and look at it. <laughs> We're going to ask JVT about Scott Foster next here on the Lombardi Life. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets if your parlay with four legs or more losses by just one leg. <laughs> loses by just one leg. Sorry. Only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We're hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi here on a Sunday morning. We got the NBA playoffs ready to tip off later on this morning. 10 o'clock West Coast time, 1 o'clock over on the East Coast. Heat Knicks is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then I'm Warriors forward Kings to that. game number seven. Winner gets the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. Oh, by the way, Western Conference semifinals. Congrats to the Denver Nuggets. They took care of business in game one against the Phoenix Suns, winning that game by 18. So we'll. Sh- Put the NBA off to the side a little bit right now, and we'll get back to our NFL draft weekend previews and our recaps here because the NFC West, an interesting division, one of the better divisions in football, uh, used to be last year, got two teams into the playoffs, one of them being the San Francisco 49ers, who are once again the favorites to win this division, minus 175, Seattle 3-1, to the Rams 5-1, to Cardinals 25-1, to uh, Cardinals, I thought, made a, a pretty nice haul in terms of what they could do in the future, but it feels mm-hmm. like this is a two-team division. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, I think the 49ers got stronger. Like I said, I think the Moody pick gives them a really good kicker. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a great punter, great kicker. They're good in the kicking game. You know, they've added Hargrave inside to give them another defensive lineman. I think they've separated themselves. Look, Seattle's improved, too, now. You know, Seattle gets a legitimate man-to-man corner to go along with, you know, the, the, the young kid, Woolen, that played really well for them last year. So what, he lead the league in interceptions, so now you got two really good corners. I still think they need more of a rush. DeMonte Jones uh, gives them a three technique. You know, they're changing their scheme, getting Bobby Wagner back because, you know, when you, when you break down, they had the injury to uh, Jordan Brooks, so they get Bobby Wagner back. And uh, I, I think, to me, it's going to come down to they still need one more rusher in Seattle. Mm-hmm. But, look, this offensive line should be improved. Cross will be a second-year player. You know, and then they got they still have the Walker, I think, can be a dynamic player. Lucas is a second year right tackle. He's gonna be improved. And then getting Smith Najobi to is that how you say his Ejigba. name? Ejigba. Yeah. I keep I always mess that up. And Jigba as a slot receiver to go along with Lockett and Metcalf. This is pretty good and Fant as a tight end. So, you know, I mean I, I look, Seattle's a good team. I don't think Seattle I think Seattle's gotten closer. I don't think the Rams, as we talk about them, I mean, the Rams are not a draft away from reconstructing this team. It's going to mm-hmm. take some time, let's be honest. And But they get a center, they get an offensive lineman who they needed badly, right? That's where the first pick out. All these rookies that the Rams pick are going to have to play. Yeah, yeah especially that. They're going to have to play. Steve Avila, who I thought was a pretty good guard over at a TCU, uh, that was somebody that I was hoping the Dallas Cowboys would be able to select. I mean, they finally got a backup quarterback. They picked your boy Stetson Bennett. I they know you did. were happy about that. I got a text from you immediately after that happened. Yeah, yeah. two-time national title winner Stetson Bennett there. Uh, an interesting selection because I think a lot of folks thought that he might be undrafted. Some thought six, seven. There's round. a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, he's older. He's had some 
off the field issues. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to talk about, you know, other guys. We talk about Jalen Carter's off the field. Stetson Bennett has had not to the dramatic effect of what's happened in that in that car accident, which mm -hmm. when you understand what happened with Carter in that car accident, Carter really was was helpful, not hurtful. Uh, but that being said, I think to me, Bennett's had a lot of off the field issues that teams were really, really not comfortable with. I think he was really surprised that the Rams picked him as early as they did. Yeah. So Stetson Bennett will go ahead and be the backup quarterback for the Los Angeles I mean, Rams. Look, I mean, the, the Rams, again, are all going to be predicated on can they stay healthy? Can Matthew Stafford stay healthy? You know, are they going to be good enough to, to, to endure? How good are they on defense? Can they stop anybody? Can Raheem Morris play man to man and win? If you block Aaron Donald, who's getting to the passer? I mean, this is a tough go for the Rams. They're, they're just not one draft away, and they no longer can say F to the draft. You know? <laughs> yeah, the, the F them picks <laughs> mantra, which, in fairness to them, helped them win a Super Bowl, but you got to pay the piper eventually. Right. And, and this is the Rams kind of taking it. that medicine. You know, and, and look, we know this. Arizona may have collected some picks, and I think Paris Johnson, whether they put him in at left guard or they move Humphreys over to left guard or how they do it, this is still not a talented team. They're going to need a lot of work, you know, and is Colt McCoy going to be the backup quarterback? How's that going to all play out as, as, as Kyler Murray comes off the knee? There's still, the offensive line still isn't good enough. For me, uh, but I think Paris certainly gives them a step in the right direction. How good are they on defense? I mean, that's going to be the key question. They take out J.J. Watt, who was a good player for them, mm -hmm. not the same J.J. Watt that we remember from years ago. He was still pretty good, though. But he was still pretty good. But it's funny. The Cardinals are 25-1, to 1, and the Bears are 325. I mean, I, I don't get that Bear number at all. I really don't. Well, I mean, the Cardinal, the Cardinal number, I think, is just baking in the fact that it's going to be Colt McCoy, and we're not expecting Kyler Murray. Well, Colt Murray can't any, stay healthy. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, they're going to. It could be Clayton Toon or Jeff Driscoll. Oof. I mean, it, it, I mean, they just drafted Clayton Toon. I mean, Colt McCoy has a hard time staying healthy. I mean, Colt McCoy is a wonderful person, and he's a great, great. He's smart. I mean, could he be a head coach eventually, sometime in the NFL? I wouldn't doubt that. You know, but it's going to take him some time to. Uh, to to develop and uh you know we'll see but the, the, to me that the, the seattle i think is perfectly lined i think the rams are still a little five to one are still high here mm. i just don't see it with the rams yeah i think if i had to make a bid it'd be on the seattle seahawks but there were earlier this offseason like five to one to win that division so i think the market is starting to really get bullish on seattle with all those rookies ahead last year taking that next step here in year two and, and getting i think better. gino will still be good they got good skill players they do. you know and, and those two tackles are going to, you know, it's funny. I read something today where, you know, the, they said the Patriots did nothing to help Mac Jones. They drafted three offensive linemen in the fourth round. Like, that helps Mac Jones. Like, if they hit on two of those three offensive linemen that they drafted, just say two of those guys are really good starters for the team. You have a much better team. Oh, my God. You got, you got four years at a cheap contract. Not yeah. a much better. You know, I mean, Joe, Joe Tooney was a third-round pick. They hit on him. Look how much money he got. That, that's what you have to do. People don't they, they equate help with pass catchers. Hey, exactly. Which is it's which like, is absurd. It's, yeah, it's like no the quarterback what 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 kills quarterbacks is the it, fact that they get drilled every time they drop back. Which is gonna kill Matthew Stafford. He's like he's gonna have a hard time protecting for poor Matthew Stafford, and he's not healthy all the time anyway. Let's talk about the NFC East. Philadelphia Eagles fly, Eagles fly, the favorites, even money. Cowboys plus one seventy five, Giants plus five fifty, commanders are at ten to one. Yeah, I, I mean this one to me is I don't understand how the Giants are uh, uh, almost four four dollars better than the Commanders. You're gonna get Giants fans mad at you again. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just I'm not saying how are they four. I mean they're not a better team. The the Washington Commanders are much. I mean if, I think if you were honest and said who would what defense would you rather have the Giants defense or the Commanders defense. Everybody's going to pick the commanders. Mm -hmm. And they added two really good players in their secondary, right? They added two really good players. They get a corner who, you know, is 166 pounds. I understand that. But he's a, Forbes is a good player. He can cover. And then they get Martin, who is a, a really good free safety, kind of in the Devin McCourty vein. He's got range. He's got athleticism. He's only 195 pounds. He could play some slot corner for them. But I think he gives them a chance to go along with what they have on this team. The question, the only question here is quarterback. I think if you put, if you were had, if they had Lamar, which they obviously aren't going to get anymore, but if they had a legitimate quarterback here, 
that you feel felt confident in, you could say, okay, now they signed Jacoby Brissett as the backup, mm-hmm. you know. But this is a team, you know. I don't think Bijan Robinson is an elite back, and I think Gibson gets hurt too much. And the question mark is really going to be their offensive line. Can they have they have improved their offensive line? I'm not in love with Leno, their left tackle. I think he's been a liability for them. But they're gonna. But they they if they can improve in that area, they've got great skill players, and they drafted two offensive linemen. They drafted a center, you know. So this defense was good last year. They improved. Yeah, I would say the Giants are are a better team than Commanders, but it's not by where, that much. Where where not by that much. Where I, are I would they say better? Coaching. Which is an important. Factor. I think that's a. I think that's a huge factor. Coaching is but, a very important. You know, factor. but you're a big Eric Bieniemy guy, aren't you? Going to factor Eric Bieniemy in with this offense here? Come well, on now. Well, I haven't seen the quarterback, well, uh, and, and I think if, if I believed in the quarterback, well, and I if mean, you look do at, believe in the okay, quarterback, ten to one, I think is a fair look bet. Look at Mike Kafka and Dan, and Dayball made Daniel Jones a, a ton of money. I mean, that's true. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, why why shouldn't Bieniemy able to make all these guys? I mean, he's got a chance. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. I mean, I mean shouldn't the, I mean if the enemy is as great a coach as everybody says, and I'm not saying he's not, I'm not arguing this with anyone, but shouldn't he make this commander's offense unique? That commander's offense, they have better receivers than the Giants have. Much better. Yeah. Terry Terry McLaurin is, is very good, but I mean this is all moot because the Cowboys are gonna win the division at plus one seventy five. He's smiling. Dallas, that that defense is they're building. I'm, not, I'm surprised it's that tight. The defense is building, man. America's team. That does it for hour number one. We start hour number two with our buddy Jonathan Von Tobel talking all things NBA here on the Lombardi. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.